This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Astime Film Podcast. My name is Tom and as always I'm joined with my co-host John. Hello, it's me. I'm here. <laughs> yes, uh, you are. And yes. this week we are talking about Wes Anderson's Roll Doll shorts, including the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, the Swan, the Rat Catcher, and Poison. Cannot wait to talk them before we get into. Have you read any Roll Doll stories? I've definitely read a lot when I was younger. I've read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've read Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think I've read The Twits and Ezio Trot as well. I can't really remember, but I've definitely not read any of these. What about you? Not these, no. I haven't heard the stories that Wes showed in his collection. My dad used to read Waldau all the time. He read Charlie the Chocolate Factory to me, and his stories are just wild. It's like so much creativity that I don't know what goes in his mind when he writes these stories. And it's really interesting, you know, how Wes showed these stories in a totally different way. But also, it kind of kept that magic as well. So that what really drew me in of like, how will Wes create this world of magic in this short film? I mean, I can't believe that he's done so many. When I heard that this was coming out, I thought it was just one short film but no he made four that's pretty impressive considering that he also has had a steady stream of movies with french dispatch and asteroid city like i don't know when he found time to do this but it doesn't feel lesser than any of his other work sometimes you see things from the same franchise perhaps doing things on tv and it it definitely is a step down and you think okay well there's definitely something missing here that the movies do have but I think that he really like it just felt because I watched them all in a row so that's what an hour and a half ish and it basically just felt like watching a Wes Anderson movie I was transfixed the whole time let's just talk about them all together I don't think there's any point in reading the synopsis so just full spoilers ahead for if you haven't seen them but yeah yeah, what did what did you think this was like again watching Wes Anderson films they are completely distinctive, different stories. When I watched these collections, it felt like I was in this intense theater play. You know, like someone tells you a story, but you got these amazing actors and they tell you the story and you're just completely just enthralled by the performance. You know, they're so on time with the dialogue, you know, it's like a rhythm. There's an interesting video about Wes Anderson, how he does rhythm in The French Dispatch, a great video. So that kind of felt like there was a rhythm in this whole thing, but it was completely different. You know, all the actors are talking about their actions, like how they move or, you know, what would they say? And that got me really interested. You know, you feel intense. You feel like, oh, okay, he's completely telling us. But it's kind of have that magical sense to it. Like it's breaking the fourth wall. It's coming to you. It's like, it's making you want to learn about the story. And the story of Henry Sugar, that kept me really it was like i was mesmerized by how they all just keep you engaged i don't know what it is how they did it but it was like the dialogue that just kept moving and moving and moving and it just has those emotional beats and at first i felt like because there were some parts when you watch this collection you feel like am i watching a wes anderson film or am i watching something entirely different and what really made me interested was the love for Roald Dahl 
and how he kept that in his collection. So you can definitely tell that he was influenced by Wilder, like, you know, in Fantastic Mr. Fox. But the way how the writing does it, you know, the writing just completely complements with the visual storytelling. And I just kept so engaged by the acting of it all. And there was some parts that I was just scared of. The rat capture. Wes Anderson just turned it into a horror film. At oh, the my end of the God. Film. I was scared. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, this is... This is crazy. I don't know how he does it. So it's, yeah, it's a really interesting collection. How does he do it? You know, what ways does he make it his own style, but not like repetitive, but make it a new way out of it? So, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. There's definitely moments where, I mean, again, it proves Wes Anderson's style can't simply be replicated through a series of you know symmetry TikTok. and motions oh no, yeah TikTok. again i'm coming back to the ai thing that we talked about yeah in, oh no um, yeah in the asteroid yeah. city video it was like you can't just it, it's not that simple this this whole trend yeah. that people think that they can just reduce it to these simple things that's not no you can see in i think that moment in the rat catcher where we get those incredibly dutch angles and this dramatic lighting and the fact that it brings such a contrast to everything else this horrifying moment where rupert friend's character becomes the rat and the rat catcher is kind of leering at him you know with his teeth out like that is really fantastic and really effective And the reason why it works is because there's nothing else like it. And there's another moment when in Poison, Benedict Cumberbatch's character jumps up on the bed and everything is kind of shaky for a moment. Those moments were really welcome because they were so different to anything else that Wes Anderson has done. And I tell you what, these things are unlike anything I've ever seen. The the, the, the way that, like you're saying with the dialogue, the way that they framed the entire thing was fascinating. The way that everything was told like a story. And again, I come back to what you said in the Asteroid City video about Wes Anderson effectively making what is a play on film. Like the way that there are almost stagehands who come off out of the set and hand things to people and how everything is constant in motion and the sets are so beautiful and so well crafted and constantly evolving and shifting and you know there are different levels of narrators I could just watch one of these every single day for the rest of my life it was just so so beautiful to see just a filmmaker on top of his game with you know literally four actors there are just Four main actors, oh, five main actors, sorry, in the entire thing, you know, well, playing six. different characters. Six, wait. Six? Yeah, six. Yeah, Rupert Friend is in. Yeah, no, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. Benedict Cumberbatch, Ray Fiennes. Oh, it is Richard. six. You're right. Richard, Richard. Oidi, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, and, and Rupert Friend. You're very right. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they're all incredible. Like, no they all, and then each time, all play something completely different as well. Ray Fiennes as the rat catcher is such a good performance. (laughs) That man is insanely talented, as we all know, but that was, he played that kind of unsettling and creepy nature so well. And then each of them kind of get their opportunity to do a little bit of the narration as well when they're talking so fast and there is just this kind of disconnect between the reality of what is happening in the scene and the reality of what they are telling us is happening. That was all 
so very interesting and I genuinely have no idea how Wes Anderson keeps on reinventing his style and keeps on adding to it and I think that the thing is is that he said in interviews he doesn't see it as a style he just does things things that he will think will work he doesn't try this is why again you can't replicate his style because he isn't replicating his style he is just doing what he thinks works like he has such an, a brilliant mind it's so impressive that he manages in all of these to make something unique and something distinct to the point where I understand why they release them all on different days because while they all have the same framing device of Roald Dahl kind of telling these stories they're all completely different and they all bring something vastly new and different to the series I guess. Yeah it just kept me really involved with the framing again Asteroid City it's interesting how he I think he utilized the whole stage play framing as well I think you can see that early in his films and I love how again this is like the Broadway or stage play thing you know the actors get to play different characters so you can see them like doing different roles and different stories so like Benedict Cumberbatch he can be Henry Sugar but you can see him trying to help Dad Khan when he's trying to do the makeup for it and you can see him like he's trying to help everybody and you can see the actors trying to help each other throughout the stories and it's just really cool and it's like it's trying to flow the story like Dave Patel he was like taking off the shoes and then someone was taking off the shoes and there was like no time wasted and that was the most interesting thing like there was no time wasted like it gives you a visual story like when the actors they were talking about like when Emdad Khan died on the morning in the hospital scene and you can visualize that by the performance you can just see it and you're not supposed to be there but it's just how they've done it with the performance and you just feel like yeah it just gives you this visual story which I just absolutely loved. Yeah, he presents emotion in a way that is completely removed from anything else that I've ever seen. It's less in the actor's emotions and it's more in the way that things are shot, the way that he will hold on a certain frame just long enough for you to get the impact of that the way that he will use words and messaging and obviously I know that a lot of this is Roald Dahl's words as well so they kind of come together like in the swan when the boy is dead at the end something that nobody really expected because it's kind of adult him telling that story you get the idea of oh you know the swan took flight and then just this image of him crumpled and there's the idea of his mum finding him and you don't get like an actor screaming and being like, oh, my child, you just kind of get the idea that his mum found him. And that in itself tells you all you need to know. And you're right, they don't waste a second of screen time. Like a lot of these are three of them, just 15 minute stories. And in that they managed to tell a complete picture of this kind of moment in time and these people, they craft characters so well. Each of them only really have three or four characters and all of them really come out. And I think even though they are all separate, they all do have similarities in all the characters are kind of tackling power. So in The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, it's all kind of about Henry Sugar learning this power that Ben Kingsley's character had used simply to entertain people with. And Henry Sugar uses initially for his own greed and then decides to use this power instead for good. And he does some really good things, making children hospitals all around the world. And then in The Swan, we see this boy who has unwavering bravery and a sense of right and wrong being used by these boys with a gun who think that they have power over him, discovering that 
really the fact that he refuses to compromise his morals shows they do have that they have no power over him and that he will take everything mostly without giving in and giving them their reaction and then in the rat catcher you know the rat catcher believes that he has power over the rats and and how he kind of controls that and how that makes him this kind of other to society and then finally in poison the power that this snake has this snake that might never have been there we literally have no idea whether the snake was <laughs> ever there or not but yeah. it has power over this entire situation and there's a belief of the doctor has so much power and the man who's been poisoned has to put so much faith in him. And then as soon as he's out of it, he is yelling at him and being super discriminatory, which drives the doctor away. Like all, all these stories, they do have a through line and watching them all back to back, you can see this painting of, of, of life and all of these seemingly true stories and you know the kind of people that Roald Dahl encountered I think that's all very interesting yeah I haven't seen it like that you know watching back to back because that's what I did but I just felt like there was a prominent theme and I was like I don't know what the theme is but yeah you cracked it I cracked the code <laughs> you cracked the code of Da Vinci code no you know it's interesting how Roald Dahl writes the stories and how it hits you with the words as well with emotional visual stories as well he drew some stuff as well if I remember and you get to see these characters in his world and you're probably thinking there's no way these are the characters but sadly there are it goes to like the wonderful story of henry sugar you know it talks about there's people in the world who are not bad but no good you know completely rich they have no idea they're rich because the father's dead or you know it goes through that and what i love is the idea of like character arcs as well it's interesting how character arcs can be developed any amount of time as well. Like with Henry Sugar, that was 40 minutes and that was great because by the way, that was insane with, you know, this is 40 minutes of completely three different stories, but they just intertwine so well and they just give you this idea of curiosity, wonder and power, as you said, and you have no idea why <laughs> You're following these completely two different stories where you want to follow the wonderful story of Harry and Sugar, but then it hits you with like, oh, power, I get the sense of seeing things and what would you do with that power? And is it for entertainment? And that had a massive impact on Henry Sugar. He completely changes. And that's really interesting that you just go through two different stories. And I thought that the story of the hospital, it was going to go for a dark turn, but no, it was more like with the blind stuff. And it just felt like it was this story of change, you know, what you can do with that. It was very upbeat as well. Like he does it at the end. He does it so well. And again, it's like a stage play. You change these costumes as well. Like he, a completely different person. So that's the idea of changing. It's interesting how well Dahl, if it's a book or something, a wonderful story of Henry Sugar. If this was a true story, I don't know. But I don't I don't want to be like, no, this doesn't sound real. Mm, no. I'm curious to see what the story was. It's interesting. I don't I don't know what he's doing next, but what I think is very, very fascinating. Oh yeah, his thirteenth film. Yeah, right. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. I don't know I don't know what that will be. Um I just tried to do a little Google. Is it with Michael Sierra? Maybe. That does ring a bell. I mean, I tell you what, these series of shorts with Ben Kingsley and Richard Ayoade and Dev Patel and Benedict Cumberbatch, all people who have never worked with Wes Anderson before. What great actors to add to the Wes yes. Anderson pantheon, like 
they I'll should the definitely <laughs> <laughs> they should definitely come back because I think they all you know they were perfect for their roles and obviously Ray Fiennes and Rupert Friend have, have worked with him before but what I figured is there's been something very interesting about the Wes Anderson movies in the 2020s so far I don't know if this was a COVID thing and and maybe this is what inspired Wes Anderson to think about this I don't think so because French Dispatch I think was made before but the thing that I noticed was that all of them are about stories and about telling stories. The French Dispatch, the whole thing is about the different stories these different writers tell, their experiences and how that they put these into this magazine. Asteroid City, the whole thing is a play that these people are putting on and this story that are telling and understanding how that story is told. And now these Roald Dahl shots are all about Roald Dahl's life and his stories that he has to tell. And they are all put in this framing device. All of these movies are about the power of storytelling and about telling these stories. And it just made me think that's also so interesting that this is what Wes Anderson is seeing as the most important thing is this storytelling. It's not, you know, I feel like there have been different levels of his filmmaking. His early work, there's a lot of stuff about fathers and sons with the Darjeeling Limited and the Royal Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic of Steve Zissou. And then there's a lot of stuff about kind of, I guess almost like mentor and student, like with Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom and Isle of Dogs. And my point is, is that kind of, it seems like as his filmmaking progresses and as he grows, he becomes interested in different things. And I wonder whether he's going to keep on telling stories about telling stories or whether he's going to do something different moving forward. Because I think it's fascinating that all of these recent stories have been about the human experience and how they are seen from different lenses. Think about The French Dispatch, how each one was told from a different perspective. They were all different and, and similar in the framing of all the Royal Doll shorts. I just thought that was so very compelling. And yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, I really do wonder where he goes next with it. Yeah. Again, it's not about style, but how will it reinvent his direction? That's a good way of like, you know, telling his direction on stories, his direction on theme, his direction on performance, you know, will he keep it the same? But the French Dispatch was a really interesting one because it's more kind of experimental of a way, you know, he's trying to new things and he's trying to explore different things as well. And Asteroid City was also an interesting one because, again, that's a story about finding meaning and what if we don't find meaning? Is it okay? And yeah, it's interesting when you go through his mind with his stories with Wes. So these are wonderful shorts. And you can definitely tell, as I said earlier, about this is just Wild Dao inspired. It's a wonderful, it's wonderful. I mean, this is a wonderful story, but yeah yeah absolutely what are you going to give them my first question is what are you going to give them as a whole out of 10 i'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 all of them actually i thoroughly enjoyed them what about you yeah me too i agree i think 8 out of 10 i i do think that if i could criticize them the emotional endings didn't hit quite as much for me i understand exactly what wes is doing but it wasn't like asteroid city for instance where i was completely blown away by this emotional climax they're, they're similar in the way that they aren't telegraphing those emotions they are very low-key but at the same time i think those are more effective for me yeah i think i'd agree with eight out of ten for all of them do you have a favorite i'm gonna go with wonderful story because that was yeah, just nice. so what does he do with the production? You know, how does he create this visual story mm. with that? Yeah, it's really, really interesting what he does in this. So 
go watch it. It's brilliant. It's really nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say my favorite's probably the swan, actually. I oh, really I, I, okay. I really like the imagery of the cornfields. Uh, or are they are they cornfields? Wheat fields, they're wheat fields. And the kind of doors opening constantly. I thought that was that was so good. And the fact that really the whole time it is just Rupert Friend, that was really cool. But I hope he does more of these. I would completely love just, you know, let's take a few years off from Wes Anderson movies and just get some like a collection of short films from him every year. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic what he does in this. So, yeah, I cannot wait to see more what Wes does. And it's also crazy that he's also just pushing beyond what he does. And it's his 13th film. Tarantino, this is crazy. Tarantino is going to be finishing with his 10th film. Yeah. Uh, the movie critic. And then you got Scorsese with his new film, Killers of the Flamin. But the guy's not stopping, which is amazing. He just like mm. the love for cinema and the incredible love for cinema as well from Wes. You know, yeah, I really, I hope he never yeah. stops because yeah, same. I only ever really have positives. Those movies, Wes Anderson, it just speaks to me. Like, what, what a filmmaker! What an incredible filmmaker! Absolutely. Um, Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed it and listening on YouTube, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, speak of the devil. We are doing Killers of the Flower Moon. Which oh. three hours and forty minutes. It's gonna be a treat. I'm very excited. Oh. This is my first Scorsese movie at the cinema. Same. This is gonna be great. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting to sit in the cinema for three hours and forty minutes. But if that's what Scorsese wants us to go through, yeah, let's go through yeah, it. Absolutely. Just just absolutely. pee beforehand. We'll be fine. <laughs> we were like you outside the... the cinema. We we're like, don't know yeah. And that was me when I watched the Snyder Cut. That was almost four hours long. And yes. I was just like, I need the toilet so badly. <laughs> if you know me, Tom, I rarely go to the toilet before or after the cinema. I'm just like not human at all. But when I watched <laughs> that so film, true. I was like, it's I was so like, true. Mm, but I need the toilet. I don't want to miss a scene. Yeah, yeah. That's we've we've seen so many movies together, and I don't think I've ever seen you go to the toilet before or after. I think you're an alien. Oh. Thank you for listening. Yes, you can send us an email, alstimefilmfun at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Killers of the Flower Moon. Ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram, alstimefilmpod, to see our incredible thumbnails from Zayn Absol. On Twitter for more thoughts from me and TikTok to see edited clips, which are also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find links to all that in the description below. Thanks to El Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals, as always. And I think that is everything. That is everything as well. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.